I go back and forth because in in a way, HGTV is real life in that these people have established businesses and systems and routines and giant teams. We don't see any of that in the episode, but, but it's there. So um, definitely usually the conversation is around that. And I think the conversation always comes back to being more realistic about renovation numbers. You're listening to the Real Estate Sessions podcast, and I'm your host, Bill Risser, Executive Vice President, Strategic Partnerships with Rate My Agent, a digital marketing platform designed to help great agents harness the power of verified reviews. For more information, head on over to ratemyagent.com. Listen in as I interview industry leaders and get their stories and journeys to the world of real estate. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 316 of the Real Estate Sessions podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for telling a friend. Today, we're going to talk to the rising star of the year. And this was handed out by Rate My Agent as part of our Agent of the Year Awards in conjunction with Shelly Zavitz, New Agent 365 Coaching. And wow, uh, Mackenzie Great is, well, she's great. <laughs> That's, that was so cheap and easy to do. Uh, Mackenzie's been a, a, a an investor and a, a renovator, a fix and flip and fix and hold person now for about five years, but she just got a real estate license during the pandemic. So she's got an amazing story. Really excited to chat with her. Um, enough um, faffing about here. That's Australian, by the way. Uh, so, but let's get this thing started. Mackenzie, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I'm so excited. I think this will become an annual thing. I'm going to have the rising star, you know, from the Rate My Agent, Agent of the Year Awards every year on the podcast. And uh, we'll talk more about that later. But first, you know, if you listen to my podcast, you know, I kind of like to get the backstory. I want to find out where people started, where they grew up. And and I know you're in, we're going to talk about this too, but you live in Brooklyn, and, but you work in Kingston, which is way upstate from there. Yep. Um, but for you, uh, is, is, is New York kind of where you grew up? Yeah. So I guess I have a pretty interesting upbringing. People tell me I was raised back and forth between two States. So my parents, um, my father lived in California, Northern California, okay. um, a small town called Modesto. And my mom lived in Indianapolis, Indiana. So every time I had off from school, I would fly to Indianapolis to visit my mother. And at one point I remember this was in the early 90s, but there was even a direct flight, um, one direct flight from San Francisco to Indianapolis. So me and my sister knew the crew pretty well because <laughs> they were always on the same flight. <laughs> That's great. So this. All right. So we're, like, we're going to leave New York here for a little while. I've never been to Indianapolis, but I've been to Modesto. Um, mm -hmm. Modesto is a little town kind of I say I say it's like the northern tip and end of Central Valley in California. If anyone knows it right, it's kind of way up there. I'm going to be honest. You know, Modesto is. Not like the most glamorous spot in California. Am I correct on that assessment? That is well said. I um, always joke that it's kind of the armpit of the state just because oh. of where it's located. <laughs> but yeah. um, it's, it's one of those places where it's very close to a lot of cool stuff. So the like location, right. although itself isn't like super, you know, awesome. Um, there's tons of places to go to close to San Francisco, close Ooh. to the Sierra Nevadas. I did a lot of hiking and backpacking with my father growing up. If you're a skier and you wanted to get to Mammoth, you're like right there instead totally. of driving up from San Diego. <laughs> totally. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. So you go to you go to high school there, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. What, what was where was college for you? So I actually um, 
wanted to get as far away from Modesto as possible. I, I guess I, my friends now say, looking back, that I had a really bad case of senioritis. So yeah. I signed up, believe it or not, for an acting school in New York just because it was like easy to get into and it was like the furthest place from Modesto. So at 17, I boarded a plane, came over here. My dad dropped me off, helped me get set up at, in a small little apartment. And then as soon as he hopped on the plane to go back to Modesto, I went down and unenrolled in college. <laughs> yep. Um, but what's really funny about it is I was living like in these dorms that were for schools in the city that don't have their own dorms. Um, so, you know, I didn't tell him at first. You know, no need to disclose that information straight away to make them stress. But come the second semester, they they asked me for my classes and I didn't have a report to give them. <laughs> so they're like, um, I'm sorry, Mackenzie, but you can't keep living here. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> so I had to, like, go out and find a, a place. And I did what everyone did back then, which was grab a copy of The Village Voice and look for the cheapest apartment. And I found this studio that was really tiny in Spanish Harlem. I dubbed it Spaha at the time. And uh, yeah, I applied for it. And then that's when I had to tell my dad because in New York, it's like serious. You have to get a guarantor. And, and I didn't have any sort of money. Um, so I had to call him up and let him know what's up. And at that point, we made a deal. He would co-sign on the apartment if I went back to school. And so I went to the community college, BMCC, for a couple of years. And then I got a scholarship to finish up at NYU. <laughs> so Wow. That, <laughs> I Look, I asked that question to everybody. Yeah, so where did you go to college? You win with <laughs> the best story. So there's a whole nother episode with... Yeah. There's a book coming one day. <laughs> You're on your own in, in the biggest the city, in the, the Big Apple, everything. And yeah. you're just living your life. I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. That's well, it sounds great. more glamorous than it was. I was okay. eating like cottage cheese and hard-boiled eggs at times. So. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. So um, what was your degree out of NYU? I Oh, that's a funny story, too. So to get the scholarship, there was a list of degrees you could choose from. And I chose English education because I was like, how hard could that be? <laughs> Famous <Okay>. last words. <laughs> so I ended up, yeah, um, getting a degree in education and then going straight into the public city schools here teaching. Okay, great. And that, that makes sense because somehow um, we've got to talk about the fact that you live in Brooklyn, correct? Yes. Yes. And But you work in the Catskills, right? Uh, for my real estate, I work in the Catskills. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So we have you in, let's, let's yeah. make sure we tell everybody in Brooklyn, what is your job? So in Brooklyn during the week, I am an assistant principal at a middle school in East New York. <laughs> wow. And on weekends, how far away is your new job and where, where's that job? Yeah. Other job? 90 miles North of the city. Um, and it's Kingston is really the main area, but all of Ulster County I service. So, and that's real estate sales. And then of course I have my own investment properties I work on up there too. Right. So you do own some properties up there. You're, if we, if anyone follows you on social, you, you, um, you're very thrifty, but look, <laughs> but hip and, you know, kind of cool all at the same time. It's super fun. Yeah. Okay. First of all, obviously you were a teacher, then you worked your way up in administration and congratulations. That's amazing. Um, so where, where do you get bit by the real estate bug and the fix and flip and the, you know, and more importantly, you know, I think the most important part is the investment part. 
Yeah. I mean, I always knew that I wanted to get involved in real estate. To be honest, I probably wasn't brave to straight enough out of college because I was looking for like steady work, that steady W-2 job. And, you know, when you get a union job and those benefits, those are hard to walk away from. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But yeah, I always knew it. I always like being raised by a single dad on the weekends, we would build fences, roof houses. So it was, I always had the bug for sure. Um, and then I was fortunate enough to be able to buy my spot in Brooklyn about seven years ago. And as soon as I bought that, it just kind of changed my whole perspective. I was like, oh, this is doable because there was a time that I thought I'd never be able to afford anything, especially in New York. So once I bought that, I got the bug and I was like, you know what? I want to buy more properties. So I started researching, um, different areas that were not too far away that had like a lower buy-in price point. And I Googled the fastest growing job markets in New York state. And two of them were way over by the Great Lakes. And I was like, yeah, that's a little far for me. (laughs) But the third one was Kingston, New York. And it had just so much going on for it in terms of um, job growth, people moving up there, interesting culture, like lots of city folks are moving up there, starting businesses, tons of art. Like it just, it was really exciting. So I decided to start investing up there and that was in 2017. And I bought that first property. Then I, you know, slowly bought a few more. And then during the pandemic, like everyone else, I think I started to reevaluate my life and see what I really wanted to do. And I said, you know what? This is the time. <laughs> There's no other time in history. This is the time where I have extra time on my hands. Why don't I get my license and um, see where it goes? I, I assume you have a place to live up there when you go up on the weekends? <laughs> I do now. Um, so for a long time, each property I would buy, I would crash in there as I'm fixing it up, and then I would rent it out. And I had my little air mattress in the back of the Honda Fit, and I would just roll up, do a good day's work, crash on the air mattress and come Wait back. a minute. You said Honda Fit. <laughs> yep. I don't I don't think they make a smaller Honda than the Fit. Am I, I right? Know. It is beautiful. I love her. Her name is Rhonda and um she's perfect because she fits down here in the parking spots in the city, but okay. her whole back folds down. So right. she also carries like, you know, anything from Home Depot or whatever I've picked up off the street to use in my next place. <laughs> wow. So there, you, there's got to be a limit to your skills. You do have contractors for certain things like, oh, like absolutely. plumbing, electric, electrical stuff. But yes. I saw in the video, you, you did some flooring on your own and you yeah. know, figured out, Hey, I can do this. And yeah. so you're, you're not, you're, you're unafraid to try things that, that can't harm you. <laughs> How's that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, if it's something that's beyond my realm, I have no problems outsourcing it because I don't want to do it wrong. And even nowadays, I'll be honest, some of the smaller stuff I do outsource just because of a time issue. But I love rolling up my sleeves and doing it myself if I have the opportunity. I I can't, I have to stay here a little bit longer. This is awesome. Um, (laughs) (laughs) What what is a typical timeline for Mackenzie? You know, it's Friday. I don't know in the, in the education world, if Fridays are generally a, an easier, better day or not, you know, um, you tell me that maybe there, there's no easy day. I probably, as if in a, in a junior high, there's probably no easy day, <laughs> but what does it look like? Tell me the timeline of from Friday, say noon to when you show up at work on Monday. Usually Friday school ends, we have after school tutoring. So I'm there for a couple more hours. And then it depends if my husband's coming upstate, 
he works on Saturdays remotely. So I'll stop by the house and pick him up. If not, then I just go directly up there. But we usually get to the the cottage, I would say around, I don't know, seven or eight. And then I try and get a good night's sleep that first night. (laughs) And then all day Saturdays are, you know, they, they vary week to week, but usually it's showings, final walkthroughs, networking, meeting up with people to have coffee, meeting new clients. Um, And I'll do that all day, Saturday and Sunday. And then we drive back to the city Sunday evening. And again, I go to bed very early so that I can get up and get rested for that next week. Wow. And and, and your customers are probably, I imagine by now you're building up a referral base a little bit. That's starting to happen. And they all know you what you do. You can't hide the fact that you're 90 miles south of them. Working. I, I tell everyone exactly what I do, my day job wow. and whatnot, because I think also if you're going to work with me, I don't want to overpromise and underdeliver. Yeah. So I need to be clear kind of what times I'm available. Um, and if I'm not a fit, I want you to be able to find that that fit. Is it okay for me to ask you in uh, 2021, how many homes did you help? Uh, how many families did you help up there? Yeah, I think I closed 23 or 25 deals. Wow. Um, yeah. And most of them are sales. Some were rentals. So sometimes I, I do okay. work with, I would say, mostly investor clients, a lot of people who are actually down here in the city who want to do the same thing that I've done. And so after they close their house, then a lot of times they'll ask me for guidance for either fixing it up or for um, renting it out and helping them secure you know, a good tenant who's going to take good care of the property. Right. You, you love finding a uh, diamond in the rough, right? I mean, it seems you, if you follow you on Instagram at all, it's, it's pretty cool to see that you're, you, you like finding good bones and, and, yes. and running with it. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I get so excited when I walk into a property and, you know, you can just see the, the finished product. And um, I love helping my clients too, to be able to figure out how to do that for themselves as well. Like that's yeah. really rewarding. You're a young woman. Do you come across other young people who say, I want to do this and you've done it. Can you help me? And all of a sudden you're their mentor and walking them through this process. Yeah. I would say most of my clients that kind of ends up being the case because a lot of them, um, you know, it's their first property that they're buying. A lot of them are in a similar situation to what I was where it's like you're priced out of the city, but they want to get on the property ladder. Um, so yeah, a lot of them are, are within, I would say, my age, a little bit younger, and it's teaching them the full process of how to buy the home, teaching them about owning a home and and just all of the above and working through it. Some of them do end up using it as a second place. A lot of them like to Airbnb them out, but some also prefer, we talk about the pros and cons of the different types of investing, you know, long term versus short term and like what fits with their lifestyle. The ultimate goal is to find what their goals are and what's going to work with their lifestyle and then help get them there. Yeah, that's well, that's what you should be doing as a realtor. So yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah. Because you're talking to these people, I know they're watching HGTV. <laughs> you've got to have some stories where you've had to like have that come to Jesus meeting with people about that's not real life, or what do you think? Totally. I mean, I go back and forth because in in a way, HGTV is real life in that these people have established businesses and systems yeah. and routines and giant teams. We don't see any of that in the episode, but, <laughs> but it's there. So um, definitely, usually the conversation is around that. And I think the conversation always comes back to being more realistic about renovation numbers. You know, I, I even still am working on this myself and, and learning each time I do a new uh, renovation with a, a type of home or a part of home that I haven't tackled before. It's, it's a big teaching moment. 
Um, but a lot of times people will walk and be like, oh, I'm just switching out the flooring in this. It'll be like 10 grand. And I'm like, yeah, if this was like, you know, 2001, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> things would be a little bit more than that. And the time yeah. frame, you might have to double or triple that. But, uh, but we talk through that and I do my best to educate them. And there's always curveballs. Like I have this wonderful client um, who bought a place and when he, and it was like halfway renovated, not entirely finished. Okay. When he started to pull apart the ceiling to start the renovation, turns out there was a fire that the previous owner had not disclosed. Mm. So that was a whole learning curve too, because it wasn't something that came up in inspection. You know, you don't rip apart the ceiling usually yeah. in an inspection. Um, so just kind of learning about that, learning how they do the testing to make sure that it's safe to continue on or if the structure is no longer good. Unfortunately, learning about the legal process, like what's your recourse after finding out something like that. Um, so yeah, so it's it's definitely always conversations around how much it's going to cost, what the actual process is, finding out if they're handy or not and they're willing to tackle it. Like I've got one client, he bought this old tavern that had like all of these guest houses above it. And I mean, it's a total project. And I thought he was going to hire it out. I stopped by this weekend. No, no, no. He is rolling up his sleeves. He's going to do it top to bottom. Him, his dad, his mom. Um, and I'm just wow. like, I love this. I love everything about this. And I told him, whenever I have some free time, you let me know. I'm coming over and I'm going to help. <laughs> wow, that's great. You are such a do-it-yourselfer. It's just, it's super cool to be able to see that. And social media has just changed the world for us on that, right? Because now you can document what you're doing and show all these great things. You're so excited when you're walking through something you finished. I love it. Um, I love your Edison bulbs and your your, <laughs> your lighting fixtures. If you're listening to this episode, just go ahead and, and check out, first of all, check out this blog, macofalltradesny.com. This, yeah. is, this is a blog you started. When did you start this? So I actually started, I want to say like two or three years ago. Okay. There, there were different versions of it. Um, okay. I used to have a teaching blog long before this, but then once I really decided to double down on my real estate and design component, I was like, let me document this and kind of use this as a tool to, I guess, introduce people to who I am before they reach out to me. So they have a sense of who I am and what, yeah, I, how I can help. You're very authentic about the way you do things, but I mean, there's definitely, uh, there's definitely a lead generation aspect to that because like you said, if they can, if it somehow starts the relationship off a little earlier or a little quicker, mm -hmm. um, that's good for you. And, and my guess is you probably enjoy writing. I mean, cause it's, it's obviously it's a part of what you do. I, I do enjoy writing. I will say this is a, a secret. Um, I'm very dyslexic. So I do have my husband, who's the professional writer. He reads over everything. Um, so if you ever see any errors or copy edits, yeah, I probably didn't have him read that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's, okay. That's great. I like I, I find I've, I've said this many, many times and, and listeners will say Bill's going to talk about copywriters again. But I love people who can can put pen to paper. And are, are now fingers to keyboard yeah. and, and compel me to do something with words. I mean, that's such a, such a cool yeah. skill and so powerful. And really? yeah. Yeah. So I'm glad you, I'm glad you're doing that. And boy, my, my, my advice as lame as it can be sometimes would be don't stop. I mean, just yeah. keep that thing going. Cause it's just only going to get bigger and bigger and build, you know, um, a lot more, a lot more uh, love for what you're doing. So. Super yeah, cool. I appreciate it. And it's fun to look back on the blog post from the past two years and be like, oh my God, that's right. I remember I was doing that two years ago. Look how much it's grown. 
We met because of I mentioned you're you're the, the very first rising star of the year. The uh, from and the award is part of our agent of the year award to rate my agent. But it was we do it in conjunction with Shelly Zavitz and her new agent three sixty five coaching platform, of which I got to be a part of it. You yeah. know, yeah. And so it was, that's it's it's really fun. How did you find Shelly, right? And and let's talk about that program and what it's done for you. Things that you know you because you already were you already understood about investing, right? Mm-hmm. And but how did it help you in the real estate side of things as a realtor? Yeah. So I found out about it through social media, like everything. Wow. Um, awesome. And I'm not even going to lie. What appealed the most was the cheap cost. Because when you're starting up your own business, that's definitely, you're, you're counting every penny that's gone through. Yeah. And yeah, it was a program that I thought would really work for me because I did have the investor background. So I knew how to buy and do the rehab stuff. Um, And I was just trying out real estate sales to see if I even liked it because I think going into it, I had this negative connotation about salespeople that's pretty prevalent and a misunderstanding for sure. Um, So I wanted to kind of join a program that would help me to figure out how to do it in a more authentic way that's true to me. Like my number one goal in building this business is I want to enjoy every minute that I do it. I want it to be, I'm working with people that I connect with and they connect with me. I, you know, it's really important to me that if I'm leaving, um, you know, a big bureaucracy (laughs) to, to start out my own business, that it's, I'm building a business that I really love that, you know, it it ends up being better than what I've been a part of for all these years. Right. And and so, yeah, so Shelly's program was awesome. It was essentially each week you were given a mission to complete and you had to complete it by that Friday um, because then that Friday, everything would be deleted and you wouldn't have access to that information. And, at times it was stressful because you do have to cram it in, <laughs> but I liked that because it made sure that you were held accountable and that you were getting it done. And that um, even if you didn't do each mission perfectly, it at least gave you the background information to dig deeper into it. Now I'll, I'll give another example that I think I shared with you before the whole idea of a CRM being in education. I never knew what a CRM was like. I just, you know, had my phone list of who was my contacts and that's it. Like the idea that there's a place that you can track it, a way you can track it and use that to kind of grow your business was eye-opening to me. Wow. Um, so, so yeah, so I think it was really helpful in that, that it, it really kind of walks you through all of the different aspects of being a realtor that most people don't realize from the outside. And then the areas that I need more help with, that you guys were experts. I definitely DM'd a lot of you guys and asked questions. Um, but it also like gives you an idea of what to ask other realtors that you know, questions in those regards. So Yeah. Yeah, I think that one of the nice things about that platform is for, for like 15 to somewhere between 15 and 25 minutes, you've got somebody actually, you know, talking about that topic instead of it just being coursework. I mean, the coursework is there. Mm -hmm. Like she's got a pretty significant book you're going to work through before in in that 11 or 12 weeks, I think 12 weeks of the program. Yeah. Um, But that's, but that you found that helpful. Definitely. And I also found her book helpful because Ah. that is part of it. And I'm a reader. (laughs) So it was one of those things where reading her story, it was like, okay, I can do this. And it gave the perspective of it's not just, you know, the moment you start, everything's rosy. You know, it it gave the highs and the lows. So it wasn't like when I started experiencing some of those things that every new realtor does that I was like, this is so unique to me. I'm going to (laughs) quit, you know, like, all right, this is a journey. This is going to be a challenge in the beginning. So just keep going. (laughs) 
I got, I have to, I'm going to sidetrack here. Like your, your principal and everybody else knows what you do on the weekends, right? You're yeah. very, going to be very open about this. I, I wasn't in the beginning because I was nervous how it would be received to be honest, yeah. but now I am. And honestly, I have a lot of my teachers um, and even my principal who asked me real estate advice. So I try to be as open and honest with it as possible because the other thing too is in education. And I, I did this for many years. It was like, you stay long after the day is over and you're there. And I knew that in order to create this um, this career, I would have to leave when the day is up. You know what I mean? I have to be very strategic with my time. And I didn't want it to come off as though, like, I don't care about the kids or I don't care about the community. But I knew that, you know, when it, when it comes five o'clock each night, I head home because I have to get home and I have to continue working on all of the stuff that um, you have to, to, to build a business like this. Right. Yeah, if it's not the coaching sessions, it's right. going to be your, your contracts to deal with, and an inspection yep. came in, and you have yep. some voicemail waiting for you. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. all part of the part of the game. Yeah, that's just that's fantastic. Yeah, or um, when I put my uh, out for lunch sign up now for my forty five minutes, I put that right. first. So I'm like, okay, I've got to get all this typed up and out. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's great. Real quick, uh, you were very thrifty, mm -hmm. and you're always looking for something to repurpose. Love right. <laughs> so yeah. So give me an example, right? As you're walking through, you know, something that needs a lot of work, what are the typical things you're looking at right away to go, okay, here's my top five things. Are these savable or not? Is there, do you have, could you do something like that? Do you have that kind of a list in, in your head? Yeah. I mean, I don't know a distinct list, but definitely I'm always looking at floors, um, any sort of wood. If I can bring that back to life, like I'm obsessed with like, you know, really yeah. good molding, you know, staircases, anything like that. Upstate, I love the style of houses because most of the homes are, you know, well over 100 years old. Actually, it's very rare to find something that is super modern mm. in a lower price point. So I'm constantly looking for like, okay, the windows, can can we save them? Is there a salvage shop where we can replace it, you know, stained glass windows or whatnot? Pulls on any sort of cabinets. I love restoring those. I think they're awesome. Original cabinets. I mean, I always try and restore those primarily because they just don't build them like they used to, wow. <laughs> but yeah. it does save money and it saves a landfill. So there's many reasons, but, um, but yeah, anything like really cool doors I try and, you know, if I can, and maybe they need a little patching and refinishing, but I try to as much of the house that I can keep that, you know, is quirky in a good way. I try and do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's the name of the uh, brand of, of light fixtures that you can't stand? anyone out here but those home depot boob lights i can't deal with it it's gotta go it's gotta go can't happen no okay. yeah, money you can get something cute okay. <laughs> all right good we'll leave it right there uh, i mean you've only been doing this literally you're, we're talking about five years you've been hardcore in the the, the, yeah. the the renovation side give me for for agents listening what are the pros and cons if they wanted to if they decide which I think, you know, then you, you all know so much about the business as a realtor, you probably should be thinking about, you know, really maximizing that, that knowledge. But what are some of the pros and cons of the investor world? If you had to lay out a couple things, you know, the good side, I think we can understand quickly, but what, what are some of the cons? One of the things that people kind of mistake is they hear, you know, long-term rentals and they think, okay, well, that's passive income. I just buy it. I hire a property manager. It runs itself. And then I collect a check. And maybe there will be bad months, but I don't have to do anything. I mean, that can be true for certain months, but that hasn't really been my experience. Like it is, 
it's not super active income. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're not working <laughs> yeah. as hard as you would at your day job, but there's definitely stuff you have to deal with. And you have to constantly be in communication with your property managers to make sure that everything is going well, because mm. at the end of the day, no one's going to care about your property more than you are. There's also, I would say, definitely some of the challenges right now with affordable housing, like yeah. really trying to be an ethical landlord that provides safe, clean housing for people and and doing your best that you can do in a market where prices are going up for you as a landlord constantly, you know, right. so figuring out that balance. There's a lot of challenges with it, for sure. A lot of interacting with people, a lot of learning about different types of people, Um putting systems and structures in place, you know, you just assume, okay, I give them the keys, they're going to pay the rent, everything's smooth. And, you know, you got to set expectations. <laughs> you got to <laughs> yeah. set expectations and then you have to follow through and have critical conversations and to to ensure that those expectations are met. Um, so I think it's 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 definitely beneficial. It's it's builds long-term wealth. It, you know, provides that stability that maybe if you're just in sales, you don't have, yeah. um, but it's, it's absolutely work as well. I would say. Most of that answer you just gave me could have been you as a, an assistant principal. Probably it is. <laughs> <laughs> it <honestly> I mean, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's perfect. I think it's great. Mackenzie, I'm going to let you go. I know you got things to do today and I'm going to ask you the same final question I've asked every uh, every guest on the podcast, and that's what one piece of advice would you give a new agent just getting started? Yeah, so I've thought about this, and I've listened to your podcast before, so I'm trying to come up with something original. All, All right. the advice before is good, but I would say one of the things that you really need to do as a new agent is not take things personally. I think any profession that you go into, there's always a little bit of hazing from people who've been around. Um, I think there's always a little bit of eye-opening experiences where you're like, that's not what I signed up for. And just kind of really keeping the big picture in mind and keep going and finding those people when it gets hard or you know, you need to, in some ways, get advice. Finding someone that you can go to who's been through it and is willing to be like, hey, just keep going. Things that happen to you as a realtor that sometimes are completely beyond your control are not a reflection of you or your ability. It's just part of the job. So learning how to separate that from your self-worth and just keep going and giving other people a second chance. That's the other thing. It's a small, small world. You may have an interaction that you were disappointed with someone else in, but it doesn't mean that you're probably not going to run into them again. So figuring out a way to make it work and reflecting on what you could do better. You know, we always, sometimes these lessons are hard because you take away like, oh man, now I, I realize I should have done that. And, and I think it's important to say, yep, I messed up in this regard, whether it's to a client or to another agent and just right. owning it and learning from it and, um, you know, keep moving. Wow. Well, Mackenzie, if someone wants to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah. Yes, I was going to say Instagram is the easiest for me. I know okay. it sounds crazy, but Macaval Trades NY, because apparently there's another one. And then my website is macavaltradesny.com. And I um, work with the McCree Group out of Kingston, which is a small boutique brokerage that specializes in supporting investors. Um, doesn't mean we don't do other stuff, but like that's kind of yeah. our, our, our niche that we're really good at. So, yeah. Well, this has been fantastic. I, I'm I'm going to meet you at Inman, right? You're coming I'm down so to Inman excited. Connect. I'm so excited. And is Rand going to be there? Because yeah, Joe Rand will be there. Have you ne have you never met Joe Rand? I 
have never, but let me tell you those podcast sessions. So part of my two hour drive, right? I listen to podcasts and those just had me cracking up the whole way. All right. He's <laughs> going to love that. I'll make sure that we find a time uh, to get together so you can, you can, you can meet <laughs> yeah, the, the, the rascal Joe Rand. It'll yeah. be great. Well, Mackenzie, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Um, see you in late April and yeah. good luck with your next uh, project. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to The Real Estate Sessions. Please head over to ratethispodcast.com forward slash RE Sessions to leave a review or a rating and subscribe to The Real Estate Sessions podcast at your favorite podcast listening app.